And thank you for downloading, streaming, listening here on the Thursday, August 13th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling here on the Be Heard platform. Appreciate your support of the podcast. Appreciate your support of the platform and appreciate all your support yesterday on social media as we were finally able to make the announcement official. We were finally able to make the announcement public. D'Lo and KC coming to ESPN 1320 this Monday at noon. Uh, Kenny Carraway is a very talented individual. Obviously, he's a big part of the Be Heard platform and the J Street Vibes podcast uh, with Jason Jones, and we're really excited to uh, get underway and do our daily show together beginning on Monday. We've got so many social media accounts to manage, so if you're big into social media, I hope you're following me at Damian Barling. I hope you're following the platform at Be Heard Platform. I hope you're following ESPN 1320. And now we've got a D'Lo and KC Twitter account as well. We've got a at D'Lo, D-L-O, in KC Twitter and Instagram accounts. So go check that out. Our hope is to be doing uh, Facebook Live videos in addition uh, to the live stream as well, or in addition to the, the radio show. Uh, so make sure you, you, you check us out. Make sure you follow ESPN 1320 on Facebook as well. And uh, we've got some good stuff coming your way, man. I'm really excited for it. I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled that, that the announcement was made yesterday. I'm thrilled for Kenny. Uh, he's never been in a position like this before. Obviously, he's done some radio in the past. Uh, he's a tremendous podcaster. And uh, in, 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 in full disclosure, some of you already know this. Tomorrow's podcast is already recorded. Uh, I recorded it yesterday, shortly after the announcement became public. Uh, it was released uh, to all the supporters over on Patreon yesterday afternoon, and it's going to post to the main feed uh, tomorrow. Uh, so tomorrow's podcast is going to be a little bit different, but uh, I'll talk about you know the journey that we had here on on the podcast, the the, the journey uh, to get to ESPN, why I decided to take the ESPN job, why after you know thinking radio was was done. And as a matter of fact, I'll share that with you now because we're going to dive into, you know, the playoff scenarios for today. Today is a massive day for basketball, man. It is, it is awesome with so much on the line here. There two games get underway at one o'clock. Of course, we've got the, you know, the Kings and the Lakers coming up at 1030. That's another one of those less than meaningless games. The way the format is set up, the Sacramento Kings will be back in Sacramento, you know, today. Uh, they'll be back in Sacramento sometime tonight. And so we'll we'll give you all of the playing scenarios. I have all of them, and there are a lot of them. Uh, and I will try to present them in a way that is not confusing. And most importantly, I will try to present them in a way that is not boring. Uh, also, um, there is evidence mounting against my theory that Jerry Jones is dead because he appeared yesterday for the first time in one. Hundred and nine days. Jerry Jones spoke to the media for the first time in one hundred and nine days yesterday, and based off some of the things that he said, I'm not a hundred percent convinced my theory is wrong. Jerry Jones might be a zombie. He just might be, or he just might be some sort of entity without a brain. Though we shouldn't be surprised by some of the things that he said, and we'll present those to you uh, in just a heartbeat. Uh, but but just real quickly, um, I posted yesterday or tomorrow's show is posted and I, I, I go into great detail about the the uh, links of <laughs> tomorrow's show is posted. Sorry. Let's let's start over. No, I'm just kidding. Tomorrow's show is recorded already uh, and it'll post for you tomorrow. And I go into, you know, great detail about how the podcast started. Uh, you know, how, how the, the direction of the podcast changed along the way and why we ultimately decided going, I decided to go back to, or go, go back to the radio, go to ESPN. And I want to make sure, you know, for, for people who don't want to turn, tune in tomorrow, for people who just kind of want to hear their sports and get updated on stuff or hear commentary or whatever. Uh, I, t I totally get it. I completely understand. I hope you'll check it out because the, the, the episode is, is 100% dedicated to you at every sense of the word. But I want to make sure everybody knows that the Patreon account lives. Uh, it'll continue to go on. Be Conscious will continue to go on. All of the bonus content will continue to go on. And really, you know, the most important part of all of this, for me at least, is Be Heard. Be Heard is just getting started. Uh, and Be Heard is going to be a part of the radio show. And that was one of the most, it, that wasn't one of the most, that was the most important detail of going to ESPN 
is we had just launched, launched this Be Heard platform and there's no way we were going to abandon it. There was no way we were going to leave it. There was no way we were going to just turn it over uh, to Deuce and Mo and let them handle it because I've gotten back on the radio. Um, and ESPN, you know, Intercom, their parent company, they're, they're all in on this podcast platform. So uh, I'll talk more about that tomorrow, but I, I want to make sure everybody knows, like, I'm not going to be edited. I'm not going to be censored. Uh, they want this show that we do here. And they want all of you who have tuned into this podcast uh, for 250 some odd episodes. Uh, I mean, how many episodes has it been? 200. Today is the 260th episode. Assuming, of course, I've counted right uh, for the last year and some change. So that'll be that'll be tomorrow. But for today, we've got a ton of meaningful basketball coming up. The eighth and the ninth seed will be decided with four extremely relevant games beginning at 1 o'clock. Again, I know we got the Kings and the Lakers today at 10.30. I don't know what to do about that. I'm going to talk about that. I, I'm hoping to have a guest with me on the Sacramento Kings podcast following the uh, the Kings-Lakers game today. So be on the lookout if you're a subscriber there. Uh, I should have that podcast dropping uh, later on this afternoon following the game. But... Uh, let's look at the relevant games today. The Bucks and the Grizzlies. Now, we know that Giannis Antetokounmpo has been suspended for this game. We knew he was going to be suspended, and we knew, quite honestly, it wasn't going to matter because he probably wasn't going to play in this game anyways. But it's going to be the Bucks and the Grizzlies at 1 o'clock, and we know Giannis isn't playing, but the real question is, who else isn't playing? Who else isn't going to be a part of this game for the Milwaukee Bucks? And would it be enough for the Memphis Grizzlies to actually drummage up a win? At the same time, the Mavericks and the Suns will be playing. The Suns are in a situation, and, and I absolutely believe the Phoenix Suns are the story of this restart. As great as Damian Lillard has been over the course of the last two weeks, as awesome as everything the Portland Trailblazers have done, the story of this mini eight-game restart is the Phoenix Suns and the fact that they're 7-0, and and they could very well go 8-0 and and still miss the playoffs. 3.30 our time, the Spurs and the Jazz. And that'll, the night will top off with the Trailblazers and the Nets at 6 p.m. our time. So let's go over these uh, different scenarios. Again, I will try to present them in a way that is not confusing. And most importantly, I will try to present them in a way that is not boring. So for the eight spot, the Trailblazers will get the eight spot if they win or... Memphis, Phoenix, and San Antonio all lose. So the Trailblazers are in control of their own destiny. They win, they're the eighth seed. If they lose, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But if Memphis, Phoenix, and San Antonio all lose, Portland still gets the eighth spot. The Grizzlies, they'll get the eighth spot if they win and Portland loses. The Suns, will get the eight seed, which is just phenomenal. The Suns will get the eight seed if they beat the Mavericks and Portland and Memphis lose. The Spurs, who I forgot, are still there. They can get the eight seed if they win and Portland, Memphis, and Phoenix lose. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward. Each of the teams has got to win, and they need a couple of combinations of losses with the exception of the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers win. They get the eighth spot. Simple as that. The ninth seed gets a little bit more confusing. The Trailblazers, they can get the eighth seed, or excuse me, they can get the ninth seed. They could get the ninth seed. Uh, they'll wind up the ninth seed if they lose, and two of the other three teams lose. Memphis, Phoenix, or San Antonio, but it has to be two. The Grizzlies, they get the ninth seed if they win, if Portland wins, or if Phoenix and San Antonio lose. Bottom line with the Grizzlies is they've got to take care of business because the Grizzlies can be eliminated if they lose and either Phoenix or San Antonio wins. And what a catastrophic situation that is 
from Memphis to be where they were. And I remember the day, it was sometime during the restart. Yeah, this is a bit of an unfair, or maybe it was right before the restart. John Morant was like, yeah, this is a bit unfair for us. And I, I kind of co-signed. I was like, he's right. And then they went out and played the way that they did. And it's like, well, thank God. Get this nonsense out of the play. Get this nonsense out of the playoffs. Because the truth is, if a team is going to get run over by the Los Angeles Lakers, I would rather it be entertaining. And I think the Lakers would beat Phoenix in four to five games. But I think the games would be extremely entertaining. The Blazers, the Blazers, I think, would push the Lakers a little bit. I'm not talking about seven games push the Lakers. I'm not even talking about six games push the Lakers. I'm talking about four or five games where the Blazers are competing with the Lakers. In fact, I don't think the Blazers would get swept. I think they'd win at least one game. And we know that they've been swept out of the playoffs in very recent history, but still. The Suns, uh, the Suns can wind up with the ninth seed if they get a win and either Portland or Memphis lose. It has to be one or the other. It cannot be both. So the Suns get the A spot if they win and either Portland or Memphis lose. The Spurs can get the eighth spot with a win and a loss by two of the other three teams. It has to be two. Portland, Memphis, or Phoenix. If it becomes three, there's an entirely different situation in there. And the wild thing about it, we just went over the eight seed scenarios. We just went over the ninth seed scenarios. Now there's the elimination scenarios. The Trailblazers, believe it or not, can be eliminated. Despite the fact they're sitting at the eighth spot right now, the Trailblazers can be eliminated if they lose and two of the other three teams win, Memphis, Phoenix, or San Antonio. The Grizzlies can be eliminated if they lose and either Phoenix or San Antonio win. The Suns can be eliminated if they lose or... If Portland and Memphis both win. The Spurs can be eliminated if they lose. And two of the other three teams win. Portland, Memphis, and Phoenix. So there are your confusing play-in scenarios. And there, there are a lot of them. A total of 12 different scenarios for each of those teams in terms of potentially getting the eight seed. It's wild to think that we're talking Portland, we're talking Memphis, we're talking Phoenix, we're talking San Antonio. All four of those teams have a scenario where they can end up the eighth seed, where they can end up the ninth seed, and where they can end up completely eliminated. And Oh, man. I remember the good old days when we thought today's Sacramento Kings game might mean something. I remember the good old days. Oh, what was it? Man, seems so long ago. Two weeks ago. Two and a half weeks ago. That we thought that that Pelicans-Kings game on Thursday night, prime time, was going to be that big moment where we step out there and we get everybody's attention. Instead, it was about two and a half hours. Imagine being so bad, freaking Reggie Miller's making fun of you. Like, like, like imagine that. Reggie Miller's the guy who gets made fun of. But the Kings were so bad, Reggie Miller was making fun of them. Reggie Miller called Michelle Obama an entertainer. I can't like I still can't get over that. I know I tweeted about it that night, but he he said that there was some like trivia question because they were killing time because the game was trash. And Reggie Miller said the, the the answer to the trivia question or whatever it was was Michelle Obama. And Reggie Miller goes, "Oh, I didn't know we were talking about entertainers." Like, bitch, Michelle Obama is not an entertainer. What is wrong with you? Come on, Reggie. Like, damn. Anyways. We've got the scenario set. It's going to be an exciting day of basketball. Let's run through some quick highlights of last night because we got to talk about. Actually, there's 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 a couple of NBA notes we've got to talk about as the first round starts to get set here. Um, there's there are injury stories that are developing, and one of them involves my guy uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell Westbrook right now is uh, his his availability for the beginning of the playoffs against the Oklahoma City Thunder is a bit uncertain right now. An MRI revealed a strained muscle in his right quadriceps. Um, man, this was one of the matchups I was looking forward to the most because I think Oklahoma City can challenge 
Houston, I think they can challenge Houston, you know, I, I, with or without Russell Westbrook. Uh, but, like, the storyline is there, right? No one, almost no one, you know, obviously we did here on the podcast, but almost no one expected Oklahoma City to be here and be in this position, especially this year. I know people like the, the rebuilding process. I know people thought that they, ah, I like what they've done. Give it a year or two, maybe two, three years down the road. They're going to be really, really good. Sam Presti has really hit a home run with this. We were of the belief that, no, I think they're going to be good this year. And, and here they are. They are in a very good position, I think, to where they can upset Houston in this first round of the playoffs. And now with Russell Westbrook's availability not you know a, a bit into question, who knows? Obviously, he didn't. He's he's not going to play in in any seating game. Uh, Mike D'Antoni says uh, we'll see how it responds and everything. And but you know we all hope he's available. We'll just have to see next week. Uh, he goes on to say, I don't think he aggravated it uh, during the game and after the game. He was fine. He woke up the next day and was sore. So they're checking out to make sure uh, it can respond to treatment. We don't know one hundred percent right now, but he's definitely going to be out Friday, and then we'll see. Um, let's play 28 minutes uh, when the Rockets and Spurs played on Tuesday, 25 and six uh, were Russell Westbrook's totals. And, and again, 28 minutes, um, but it's set. It's the Thunder uh, and the Rockets in the first round of the playoffs. And I think a bulk of the first round is extremely, extremely intriguing. Uh, I think there's a lot to look forward to, as we mentioned just a moment ago. I think the potential matchup of the Blazers versus the Rockets is really exciting. I think a potential first-round matchup of the Suns and the Lakers is exciting. You know, for uh, for different reasons, you know, I, I don't think the Suns will be as competitive as the Blazers would be. Uh, I don't really have a big interest in seeing Memphis in the first round of the playoffs and you know, with all due respect to Greg Popovich, I don't have any interest in that playoff streak continuing in uh, the Spurs taking on the Los Angeles Lakers uh, in the first round. But I do love the idea of seeing either Phoenix or uh, the Portland Trailblazers in that situation. Uh, we know we've got the Thunder and the Rockets. We've got the Nuggets and the Jazz uh, as well. And uh, with the Clippers win yesterday, uh, they locked up the number two spot and a first-round matchup against... Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis, Rick Carlisle, and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, so that's and that's just on that's just on the Western Conference side. The Bucks and the Magic, eh? Okay, not so much. The Heat and the Pacers, sign me up for that. Celtics and the 76ers, that's huge. We're gonna get into what went on with Joel Embiid yesterday in just a heartbeat. And the Raptors and the Nets. I think the Nets have proven themselves. Uh, I, I think the Nets have proven that no matter who they're playing, they're going to fight. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to work. And I think I think it creates much like a, a potential Phoenix LA situation. I think it creates intriguing games that might not necessarily amount to an intriguing series. I think the Nets, because of the way that they play, uh, and, and 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 just the fight that they have shown through this entire restart, I think they'll fight Toronto. I just don't think they'll win. Not a series, not a game. Not in that situation. I think Nick Nurse is, is, is way too prepared. Uh, that's way too well, well of a, a coach team. And the team is, I mean, they're, they're, they're quote, battle-tested to the ultimate degree. I mean, they're the reigning defending champions. And they were underdogs, regardless of, you know, what you want to think about Clay Thompson, what you want to think about Kevin Durant, what you want to think about all of the injuries that went on with the Golden State Warriors. They were underdogs last year. They were I don't even, they might have even been, they were probably even underdogs against Philadelphia. But they've, they've earned their keep. They've earned their spot here at the two seed. And Nick Nurse has earned, you know, if he, if he doesn't get coached, I'm fine if Nick Nurse gets coach of the year. I think he deserves it. I also think Billy Donovan deserves coach of the year if you wanted to give it to coach Bud. I, you know, I, I'd understand that. But Nick Nurse and, and, and Billy Donovan, uh, they, they really deserve uh, that award, that coach of the year award. Uh, a, a fun note about the Raptors, by the way, Adrian Griffin, he's an assistant coach for the Toronto Raptors. He actually coached the team yesterday in their 125-121 victory over the 76ers. Uh, he found out earlier in the day, like Nick Nurse was there, uh, and he was, you know, he, he, he was there. He took part in everything, uh, but he allowed Adrian Griffin to actually do the coaching. 
And uh, from the way the story is told, you know, it, the players really responded to it. They wanted to they wanted to win that game for Adrian Griffin. He was with the team last year. He's been a coach uh, for several years. That's a, that, I thought that was a pretty cool story. Another note of that story that we got to talk about is that, that that was all just kind of fun and games there uh, yesterday. Uh, Joel Embiid, uh, five points in the 14 minutes he played. He left in the first half after being hit in the right wrist, and he did not return. Now, that could just be a situation where it just, like, a little banged up. All right, dude, who cares? This, this game means we're good. Just just chill. We already lost Ben Simmons. We don't need to lose anything else. But anytime you see Joel Embiid left a game, it's like, oh, uh-oh. I feel like anytime you see a Philadelphia 76er left a game, it's amazing to me. You know, looking at the Philadelphia 76ers, how this restart has been such a, it's been such a, like, microcosm of the regular season. Like, it, and I know the, the regular season was four months ago, but how much has really changed? The Sacramento Kings might be the perfect example in all of this. The Sacramento Kings were streaky and inconsistent. And when I say streaky, I mean streaky bad. They were streaky and inconsistent through the entire restart up until, you know, I know we're all hanging on the final 20 games where they were 13 and seven or whatever they were, the stretch where they were seven and three. Like they were stringing together, you know, uh, their most consecutive stretch of decent basketball, you know, before the restart. But when you look back at the beginning of the year, we've talked a lot about this, the five game losing streaks, the six game losing streaks, the eight game losing streaks. We talk about all of that stuff. And... You look here, and it's like it's hard to be surprised. It's hard to be surprised that they've gotten their ass kicked in so many of these games. It's hard to be surprised that we're questioning their effort. It's it, it, Philadelphia is another great example of their restart being a microcosm of the season. They lost Ben Simmons. Before the, before the suspension, before the season shut down, there was question as to whether Ben Simmons was going to play in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden... Everything's get gets paused for four and a half months or four months, and we're looking at like, oh, we're going into the playoffs. All of these guys have a chance to be healthy. Oh man, this is major. This is major for Philadelphia because now at a time frame where they might not have had Ben Simmons. Now they have Ben Simmons. And oh look, here we are in the restart. We get six games into it or five games into it, and Philadelphia loses Ben Simmons. With Joel Embiid going in and out of the lineup for different reasons, but with Joel Embiid going in and out of the lineup, it's a microcosm of the season. Houston, can Houston get it done? We see the high, you know, the high, you know, pace play. We saw James Harden forty-five yesterday, forty-five points, seventeen rebounds, nine assists. What? Yeah, they lost. Hey, meaningless game. I get it. Meaningless game. They lost to the Pacers. Pacers is a good team. 108-104. But it, it, it's a microcosm of the season. Pacers 5-2 and two in the bubble. Anybody? Did, honest to God, did anybody know that? Did anybody know that the Pacers have won five of the seven games that they played? No. Because they quietly just go out there and take care of business. Clippers getting the job done with and without their star players. Microcosm of the season. The Raptors quietly winning ball games. Microcosm of the season. The Thunder beat the Miami Heat yesterday. 116 to 115. Darius Baisley, 21 points. Three straight games with 20 plus points. He's the first rookie to do that since Russell Westbrook did it in 2009. Nobody's paying attention. They just go on. Jimmy Butler running his mouth. Oh, that's a microcosm of the season. It, I just, I, you, you look at the NBA restart. You look at each team individually, and there's, we all wondered what this would look like. You know, when the season shut down and it got announced that it would be restarted, we realized, gosh, this is four months later. What, what, what is this all going to look like? Well, we know now. It looks exactly the same as it did four months ago. One exception is Phoenix. I can't even say that Memphis is a, Memphis isn't a, a, an exception. Everybody had thought, even with a three-and-a-half game lead and 16, 17, 18 games left to play, depending on who you were, the Grizzlies has been, and, and a, 
obviously, or apparently, rightfully so, Memphis had been written out of that eight spot. Before the restart, Memphis was already being written out of that eight spot because of the way that they were playing. The four and a half month break didn't make them any better. New Orleans, uh, minutes restriction on Zion, uh, load managing, Zion in the lineup, Zion out of the lineup, this happening with that team, that happening with team, that team. Doesn't it sound like what was going on during the regular season? With the exception of the Phoenix Suns, literally nothing changed. 21 of the 22 teams are performing exactly as they did before the restart. Brooklyn, you know, Brooklyn was Brooklyn was playing in the same manner. They just had a different groups, you know, different group of players. Washington stunk. Washington still stinks. Nothing new. Nothing changed. And I and I and I noticed that as I was as I was like looking at as I was watching Philadelphia. That Philadelphia was the the, the kind of the like the the bell that went off in my head. It was like the cartoon light bulb went off. It's like, wait a minute. Started thinking about Philly. I started, you know, I started thinking about Sacramento, and then I started thinking about New Orleans, and I started thinking about all these teams. Like, no, no, no one got better. No one changed, with one exception, and that exception is the Phoenix Suns. And I hope whether they make the playoffs or not, Phoenix going eight and zero is just such a tremendous story. And you talk about, you talk about taking momentum into next season. You talk about buying into your head coach. You talk about buying into the system. You talk about buying into your teammates. You go 8-0 in the restart. You miss the playoffs. You're going to have a chip on your shoulder there knowing that you didn't have a chance to get into the playing game. And, you you know, win or lose, or let me rephrase that, make the playoffs or not. Dude, Memphis has a lot to be. I mean, even if they go 7-1, and one, I mean, give me a break. They got a ton to be excited for uh, next year. And that got me to thinking about something else, and I promise we're going to get to the corpse that is Jerry Jones here in just a heartbeat. Because I know everybody is excited to hear Jerry Jones. I don't know why I tease that as if it's some important segment. I started, you know, looking at Phoenix. And Phoenix made me think about the the rest of the Western Conference. Which unfortunately made me think about the Sacramento Kings. And I'm, I'm going to be real with you. Like, Kings fans, like, you might want to hit that skip forward button here. Because I started looking at this conference. And... When you look at the probable eight teams, like let's go with Portland. Let's say Portland gets into the playoffs. Say it's Dame time one more time tonight, and Portland just outright wins, and they wind up winning whether they're going against Memphis, Phoenix, or San Antonio. Let's say, let's, let's say it's Portland just for the sake of this argument. You've got the Lakers, who we know they're going to be good for a while. We've got the Clippers, who we know they're going to be good for a while. you got the Denver Nuggets, same scenario. You got the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets. Like, okay, none of those. I mean, Oklahoma City, I think, is just at the beginning. Like, Oklahoma City is going to be very, very good. I think Oklahoma City is good right now. Oklahoma City is going to go from good to very good to potentially Western Conference Championship good over the course of the next four to five years. Dallas, you could probably say the same thing about. Portland, you know, it always feels like Portland is missing something, yet here they are. And I thought Portland had a down season, and I think the way that Portland is playing right now is the way I expected them to play uh, at various points of the season. Remember that stretch where Dame Lillard was scoring like an insane amount of points over the course of like a week? But it, it didn't really do anything for them in the standings. This, the, these, now he's doing it, and it's amounting to Ws, and it matters the most. That's, that's, I, I look at what Portland is doing as exciting as it is here in this restart and think that they had a down season. Do I think they're going to be down next year? No. The question is, how quickly is Memphis ascending? You know, we saw stretches of them play good ball this year. We know that their team is good. We know that, sorry, we know that their players are good. And we just mentioned how Phoenix is going to be carrying a ton of, you know, momentum, a ton of goodwill, whether they have that chip on their shoulder if they miss the ninth spot, whether they finish 7-1 and or 8-0. and They've got a lot to play for next year. They've got a lot to build on. Memphis, on the other hand, like how do you look at his you you lost a three and a half game lead. And there's a situation where Memphis, because a lot of people were thinking, all right, someone just has to get to the ninth seed and compete with Memphis. 
uh, in a playing game in an eight versus nine scenario with Memphis being the eight seed. Memphis has outright lost a three and a half game lead over an eight game stretch. Or I guess at this point over a seven game stretch. Dude, that is rough. So what is their mindset going to be in? Because remember, the season is only the the start of the season. We're in August. It's like three months away. Phoenix, we just talked about. I believe they're they're ascending. San Antonio, I don't know. I don't know what to do with San Antonio. Like their record on the year right now is 32 and 38. Then, of course, you got the Pelicans, the Timberwolves. We got the Golden State Warriors, who we know are going to look completely different next year. And I know you know where I'm going with this. Dude, where do the Kings fit in all of this? I'm not a big believer in the Timberwolves. You know, when it comes to the Timberwolves and the Kings, the, the, the Timberwolves have the best player, like the best single player. They might have a better roster. But I, I don't know that that organization is any better than the Sacramento Kings. I think they probably made a misstep with their coaching hire. But where do the Kings fit in all this? Because if we're talking about Golden State ascending, and I don't know where Alvin Gentry fits with the Pelicans next next year. You know, we, we, we've speculated, I've speculated for weeks that I don't expect there to be major changes this offseason. But I don't think the original intention was for David Griffin to keep to keep Alvin Gentry next year. And they signed him to a contract so he wasn't coaching in a lame duck year. Like, that's cool. I don't think they're going to do that again next year. I don't think they're going to do that this offseason. So I don't know where Alvin Gentry fits with that team, and I don't know how much he's going to contribute or can contribute to the growth of that roster. So right now, as I look at the bottom teams of the, of the, of the Western Conference, I'm looking at Minnesota. I'm looking at Sacramento, and I'm looking at New Orleans. With San Antonio just slightly above that, maybe Memphis just slightly above that. I don't see a, a scenario where the Kings are being mentioned anywhere near the 7, 8, 9, 10 category. Maybe I'm missing something. I just don't see it. Because we know Golden State's not going to be in this position. Are we talking, is there a scenario, legitimately, where the Sacramento Kings... Think this out before you answer it, or think this out before you get mad at me. Is there a scenario, like a legitimate one, and I'm not talking about, you know, the entire roster gets injured or De'Aaron Fox goes down with a catastrophic injury. I'm talking about where, the, where they play and Bagley plays and De'Aaron Fox plays, where the Sacramento Kings are the worst team in the Western Conference next season. Is there an obvious team that I'm missing? Because it certainly isn't Golden State. And you know I don't believe in Memphis. So if you, or I'm sorry, you know I don't believe in Minnesota. I never have. So if you told me it's Minnesota, that doesn't I, I would believe you. But those are the two teams I see at the bottom of the Western Conference. One more note I want to make about the move to ESPN as I throw this number out there, 916-888-5898. That is a direct line to me, and that line is going to stay open. Uh, you can connect regarding the radio show. You can connect regarding Be Conscious. You can connect regarding this podcast feed. Make sure you keep this podcast feed live. I'm, I'm still going to be updating it. Uh, as much as I can. It's obviously not going to be a daily show as the daily show is going to be on ESPN. There will be a podcast for Casey and D'Lo and I'll make sure that uh, that gets out to you and you all know where to find it for those who want to keep up on the daily radio show. But make sure you keep this subscription feed live and I'll make sure that I continue to update it for you uh, whenever I can as part of the Be Heard platform. Uh, as a matter of fact, my hope is uh, Casey and I are going to do a, a we're going to do a run through. We're basically going to do a practice show on Friday, like a real live practice show that I think is going to air on Facebook Live. I'm not 100% positive about that. I think it's going to air on Facebook Live. Um, but I'll record it and make sure that the content gets pushed out to you here on the podcast platform just so you could hear it, you could give your feedback on it. Uh, but the main point was to make sure you knew uh, that the text line number that you have, that the direct line that you have to me is staying live, 916-888-5898. Shoot me a text if you think I'm, like, am I missing something outside of Minnesota and Sacramento, the potential worst teams in the Western Conference next year. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong when I say it could possibly be one of those two teams. And I don't mean, oh, anything's possible. No, I mean, like, legitimately. Like, if you had to place odds, you had to place money on the worst team in the Western Conference next year, and I gave you Minnesota and Sacramento or the field, who would you take? I'll give you those two teams. I'll give you Minnesota and Sacramento, or I'll give you the field. Which two would you take? 
if I gave you Jerry Jones is dead or he's alive, which would you take? Because I'm still, I'm still not convinced. Jerry spoke yesterday, as we mentioned, for the first time in 109 days. And boy, did he have some things to say. Listen to your boy. The key word about your question, David, is a word called grace. Grace. That was then, two years ago. This is now. We have had very, very sensitive times. I don't need to share that we're also embroiled in a very other sensitive time with the challenge and the war, literally, we're on with the virus. These are very sensitive times. I have. I, I want to hit pause that we're, you're going to hear more. You're not, you're, you're not let off the hook. You have to hear more of Jerry. Um, he was out, he, the, 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 he was asked a, a question about the, his, the Dallas Cowboys anthem policy. But did you notice what he said right there? We're at war against the virus. Have you heard anybody else say that? Any, can you think of one single person who you have heard say we're at war with a virus? Think about it for a second. Here's more Jerry. I have nothing to prove as far as where I'm standing with the flag and where the Cowboys stand. I have nothing to prove regarding my, my players and my support of our players. What I do want to show and want us all to be a part of is a word called grace. Grace. Not only grace in our actions, but grace in our understanding, where they're coming from. I want our players to understand the perception and where they're coming from regarding the flag and the sensitivity there and the many memories there. And I want our fans to understand and better do because of what's gone on over the last few months and want them to understand where our players are coming from there. And they do not feel like that the ones that want to uh, basically do that, uh, kneel, they do not feel like they're dishonoring the flag. The key. All right, Jerry. That was a lot there. That was a lot to take in. Jerry looks terrible, by the way. I'm telling you, I think he was sick. And I'm in, 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 I swear, I, I know I joked about him. He must be dead because he's not talking. I think he was sick. Like, he does not look well. Um, he, j- he just doesn't look. I know, I know Jerry's old. My God, I know that. But he just, like, I'm looking at this video, and obviously these videos are set up in, you know, different circumstances than what we're used to seeing Jerry Jones and, you know, in front of the media. He doesn't look well to me. He doesn't look healthy. Like, I really do think he was sick. Like, all kidding aside, I think he must have been sick, whether he was sick with the virus or he was sick with something else. I think he must have been, he must have been ill. He just, he does not look well, and he's talking about grace. And he's, here's, here's the thing that you should know. The Dallas Cowboys, the football team, Jerry Jones, he cannot create a policy for the national anthem uh, if the um, NFL as a league does not have one. He cannot create he because that's essentially supplementing the collective bargaining agreement. He, he he's not going to be able to do that, and his players don't have to pardon the expression, but stand for it. Um, he has threatened players with their jobs before. We all know what Jerry is saying here. Uh, Jerry doesn't want a reaction similar to what happened at the um the MLS game yesterday, uh, and 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 this was in Dallas. Dallas and Nashville played yesterday. And fans booed players who took a knee before the national anthem or, or, or during the national anthem. Oh, and what you didn't hear, by the way, what you did not hear in that clip of Jerry Jones was Jerry talking about how, how, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> what you didn't hear was Jerry Jones talking about how well ventilated AT&T Stadium is. So if he wanted to, um, have football fans in his stadium, he totally could because the stadium is really well ventilated. I swear to you, he said that. And and he, he didn't talk about like a limited amount of fans. He didn't talk about anything like that. Like he talked about having fans in his stadium because the stadium is really 
well ventilated. I just searched Jerry Jones' name on Twitter because I wanted to find a second clip. I wanted to find the clip of him talking about the stadium. Uh, Apparently, I'm not the only one who noticed Jerry's appearance. I'm not going to make fun of him because I swear to you, I think he was ill. That's the only... There is no logical explanation that fits the history of Jerry Jones as as an owner of the Dallas Cowboys for him going silent for 109 days. I told you there were two things. I told you there were three things for possible. He either hates black people far more than we ever could have imagined, and I don't believe it's that. He's dead. It, it appears that he's not, at least. It, it, again, it appears. Or he was sick. I think he had to have been sick. There's just it, there's just no way. Uh, Jerry Jones, I just found this tweet from David Moore from, from the Dallas Morning News. Jerry Jones said the word grace 17 times in a span of five minutes to characterize the approach the club will take as it determines whether or not it will continue to require players to stand during the national anthem. 17 times he used the word grace uh, in that conversation. And obviously Jerry's, you know, stance on the anthem has been something that uh, has been something people have been eager to hear about, but, don't let that distract you from the fact that, dude, he's talking about playing football games in, in front of fans. And that's something that the New Orleans Saints said today. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're, we're not going to play games in front of fans. And we also have to remember at the end of the day, it's not his call. It's not, it's, it's not Jerry Jones's call. It, it's going to be the government's call. But we all know uh, who's in his pocket. That's old Donnie boy. When we were talking about the college football playoff yesterday, we were talking about the college football season and the the conferences who are opting out and the conferences who are moving forward. We talked about how the way the season is going to progress is it's ultimately it's going to result in the college you know football playoff, and then it's going to result in 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 teams saying that they're 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 uh. They're, 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 they're battling for a college football championship. And we told you it's, it's going to take a while. As the season progresses, this is what's going to happen. I apologize to each and every single one of you who listened to yesterday's show because I was wrong. It's already happening. And why be surprised that it's happening from the dipshit in Clemson? Dabo Sweeney says he does not believe that the national championship will be diminished one bit despite the fact two of the Power Five conferences are out. Dabo goes on to say, the f- I'm getting all of my cussing out of the way right now because obviously this has got to come to an end. The four best teams can go play. This is a quote from Dabo Sweeney. The four best teams can go play. We've been one of those four for five years in a row. So in my opinion, doesn't change anything for us. We're just trying to be the best Clemson we can be. Whoever you play every week, you try to win that game. You try to keep moving forward. We don't have any control over the other stuff. And I certainly don't judge them in any way. Everybody's got to make decisions that they feel is the best. Uh, if they feel that's what's best for them, then so be it. Whoever wins it, wins it. They're the champ. Same way in every sport. Somebody is going to win a championship. All righty. I mean, that's a smart recruiting ploy, right? It's a smart recruiting move to say, oh, no, this isn't the diminished titles because of the Pac-12 or just because of the Big Ten. Yeah, just because Ohio State isn't playing a season this year, just because Michigan isn't playing a season this year. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know why I included Michigan in that conversation. Just because Ohio State isn't playing, just because Ohio State is, what what do they rank, like second or, I guess, were ranked? What were they ranked, like second or third? Yeah, just because they're not playing this year, oh, that's not going to diminish our title. Our potential at a title. Come on, Dabo, get out of here. Dabo's, did, I, I, there was a clip circulating on social media a couple of weeks ago where Dabo was talking about, like, if you don't love this country, leave it, or if you're kneeling or some other. like. And I couldn't, like, I still have had difficulty, like, figuring out if that clip was current. If it was old, like it did he like he did he actually say that? I was I, like I, I don't know why I was surprised when I saw that. I mean he's he's a freaking coach in the South again. I don't I don't know 
I don't know what it meant, but in any event. Uh, what else do we have today? What else should we touch on as this day? Oh, here's here's more. Okay, so we finally got some numbers as it pertains to the NFL's testing for the COVID-19 virus. The overall positivity rate, these are the notes that I got from Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk. The overall positivity rate for the NFL's coronavirus testing program has been 0.46. That is below the threshold that was set this summer uh, for avoiding outbreaks at team facilities. So let me give you uh, some backup on this information. We had kept getting uh, 37 players tested positive, and it's noted on the NFL Players Association website. We never knew how many tests were actually being conducted. Well, we do now. Uh, Dr. Alan Sills, the NFL's chief medical officer, reported uh, quite a bit of data during a conference call with reporters yesterday. Through Tuesday, the NFL had conducted 109,000 COVID-19 tests. 109,075 to be exact. The Positivity rate we just laid out was 0.46%. That's, that's fantastic news. Um, that includes, by the way, that 109 includes tests that have been done on team personnel and on coaches, uh, public relations people, anybody who is around the team. Uh, they have been subject to tests, uh, and that positivity rate includes them. The player positivity rate is still very good. It is 0.81%. Those are just the players. Uh, during the initial intake process, when we were getting those numbers several weeks ago and we didn't know what they meant, uh, the league tested 9,983 people. The positivity rate uh, for those tests was 1.7% overall and 1.9% uh, for just the players. Uh, Sills said he is unaware of any, quote, serious illness for any league employee, uh, including team personnel and players. Um, the NFL had been testing players daily since camp opened. And again, in our current situation, it's very easy to forget that training camp is happening, that NFL training camp is happening right now. Usually there is a lot more excitement. I haven't even caught up on hard knocks yet, uh, which started on Tuesday. I had no idea. Uh, but the NFL has been testing players daily since the camp opened, uh, since training camp opened, and it had agreed with the NFL Players Association to slow testing to every other day if the positivity rate fell below 5% uh, threshold that would suggest that the virus is under control within team facilities. Uh, but they actually ratified that. They amended it, and the sides agreed to continue daily testing through at least September 5th, which is obviously right before. It's about a week, a little less than a week, uh, before the start of the season. So assuming this is all on the up and up, this is very positive news for the NFL. Because the NFL, as we know, is not operating in any bubble format. But the issue with the NFL will always be not how many test positive. At least right now, at least from at least for the next month, how many test positive is important? That's a hundred percent important for the next month. But starting in the middle of September, starting on that Thursday when the Kansas City Chiefs open up the season, it's not how many, although that's obviously very important. It's who. It's who test positive, and is it a big deal in week one? Eh. Two, eh. it's a big deal in week 10, 11, 12. It's a big deal in the wild card round. It's a big deal in the first round, you know, the, the, the divisional round of the playoffs. It's a big deal in the conference championships. Those, those are the things that have obviously caused great concern. Is and, it, and it's no different than the NFL, or excuse me, it's no different than the NBA. Not just, you know, how many test positive, but who test positive. But overall, uh, for someone who is very pessimistic of the NFL and uh, very negative towards the way the NFL does virtually everything, this is very, very positive news uh, for them, and they have to figure out a way 
to keep this under control. Oh, by the way, as we wrap up, I'm sorry I missed this yesterday. It's not something I was on the lookout for. Certainly not something I expected to see. But yet, here we are. Deion Sanders has left the NFL Network. Not a major note right there. He's joining Barstool Sports. I don't know what to do with that. Barstool Sports, not because of recent activity, but from the beginning. Like, they're not geared towards me. And I find them repulsive. Maybe they're geared towards, you know, the 18 to 34 WWE Attitude Era-like audience. They're not catered to me. The bullshit that they put out there, I am not interested in. Long before they revealed themselves to be, you know, a, a bunch of racist clowns. Like, I'm not, I'm a hard pass for me. But what is Dion doing? What, what, what did I miss? Who hurt Deion Sanders? Like, man, you really leaving the NFL Network to go to Barstool Sports? I mean, I, and obviously, Deion, Deion has a few money, so it doesn't matter. He can do whatever he wants to. He can go work for his son's YouTube channel if he wanted to. He's Deion Sanders. He can do what he wants. But this was not news that I expected to see. Uh, and this was not news that I expected uh, to bring to you. Uh, appreciate you for tuning in, man. It is going to be an exciting day in the NBA. You know, of course, the Kings do play. We're Kings fans. We'll be watching along. I'll have a Sacramento Kings podcast later on uh, this afternoon. Hopefully, I have some company with me. That is the plan as of right now. It'll be the Kings versus uh, the Lakers. Uh, not a lot of meaning to that game. And in fact, there is absolutely no meaning to that game. Uh, but there are four games later on this afternoon, beginning at 1 o'clock our time, that have great meaning to what we will be watching uh, the rest of of uh, the weekend it'll be the bucks and the grizzlies it'll be the mavericks and the suns both of those games are at one o'clock at 3 30 it'll be the spurs and the jazz and at six o'clock it'll be the trailblazers and the nets if you missed all of the playing scenarios that we ran through or they were confusing just give them a second listen and make sure you tune in uh to tomorrow's podcast uh, it is a hundred percent for you i hope you'll take a few minutes to listen to it if for no other reason than um or, or if you don't i'll say it now thank you for all of the amazing support uh, that you have shown this podcast and, and mo most importantly thank you for the amazing support that you have shown the be heard platform as it continues to grow uh, if you're looking for more content and i sure hope that you are make sure you check out the latest episode of j street vibes the new episode of the dope ones podcast uh, posted this morning and make sure you check out the latest episode of the deuce and mo podcast as well uh featuring uh one of my favorites my man on television marshall harris uh, that is available for you right now go check that out here on the be heard platform if you're wondering how to find our podcast just search be heard uh there in the apple podcast network or in the apple podcast app uh, and all five of our podcasts will come up and we will be adding several podcasts in the upcoming weeks which i'm very very happy uh to bring to you uh so thank you again i hope you tune in tomorrow have a fantastic rest of your day uh and thanks for tuning into the podcast with damian barlow